Warning, the following program has been rated M for mature due to language, vulgarity, and sexual innuendo. Welcome to the highlight of your week. They are the truth seekers looking to change the world for the better. Using the latest research and groundbreaking science, they seek to inform the simpletons. They dream of a day filled with gays, where women get paid like dicks and religion doesn't try to fuck kids. They are the intellectual saviors! Prepare yourself for atrociousness. All phasers set to fuck. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. I'm one of your hosts, Eric, and I am Michael. Back again, two weeks in a row. Holy shit! Yeah, I kind of blame myself because I wanted to do it um, last night, but just had some shit going on. It got a little bit late. Yeah, I was was waiting on you to like hit me up, and I was like, if you didn't hit me up by today, it's like it ain't gonna happen this week. No, no, no. It was it was definitely good because I know you said that Monday yeah. was okay when we talked last week. So that's why I was like, ah, I just I was going to ping you, but it's already like uh, nine, and I'm like, fuck that, dude. I don't want because I, w- I wouldn't be able to get it up until tonight anyway. So yeah. it's like, ah, eh, yeah, we can wait another day. We took a month and a half off. We can wait one extra day on this week. It's all good. So now we got some. So yeah, big show. T- we got tons of things. Um, I know he wants yeah. to talk about somebody who was touching a lot of females inappropriately um I'll, yeah i'll let it i'll uh, yeah yes, i'll leave all idol. the listeners hanging on who that is because i'm pretty sure that they have no idea <laughs> um but, but first i know we want to talk about what i kind of mentioned i was going to talk about this episode uh the first topic would be why pop music today sucks um and keep in mind when I'm talking about this, I'm specifically talking about pop music. I'm not talking about all music, because after all, there are some good bands out there. If you dig hard enough and you go on the internet and you find some of those obscure bands that are not being flooded into the airwaves, there are some nice gems and people that are actually doing something in music that is revolutionary and different. So this is specifically pop music. So don't get your panties in a bunch. And if you do like modern pop music, then... I don't know what to tell you. You go fuck yourself. I guess I don't know. So, are you gonna rip the chain smokers? Are you not a big chain smokers uh, fan? I don't even know who those are. Okay, <laughs> they're like the top pop oh, yeah? rock. I think because when you're saying pop, you're just saying like pop the music. popular yep. charts, right? Pop music. Like that type. Yeah. Top forty so, shit. Yeah. Uh, some of this is gonna be you know personal opinion. Some of it is gonna be. Uh, fact-based stuff based on science and then some of it is going to be uh studies that they've done first part i want to talk about is studies that they've done uh they took five hundred thousand uh listings of pop music you know top chart uh, songs um from like i think it was the 1960s on to now um and they noticed three different factors that have completely changed over the years. And of course, you know, there's always going to be changes and rhythm and whatever. Uh, but they noticed three things that 
quite drastically changed the way music uh, is uh, listened to versus when it used to be listened to. Uh, one is timbral variety, which is basically like the richness of the song, the complexity, um, ha- the richness of the tones within the song. You know, if you put on headphones and you listen to, I don't know, like a Beatles record or Doors record or something like that, you know, you're going to hear all these little subtle nuances of the instruments and everything like that. Timbral variety, it's been diminishing by drastic levels the past two decades. Um, well, a lot of that has to do with the digital music now. I mean, that's what you're saying, because everybody just creates the music for that, digital. Nobody buys vinyl anymore. That's part of it. I mean, I know you do. You, I know some You still people. have bands out there that that's their goal and their aim is for the timbral variety. But the majority of pop music today is mm-hmm. now just made from basically three instruments. You know, you have your drum machine, computer, and synthesizer, and that's it. Yeah. You know, so you're not going to get much timbral variety of that. Yeah. Um, they also noticed the uh, complexity of the uh, music itself. Um, and they noticed something in particular in the past decade of songs having the exact same notes, like to a T, exact same notes. And of course, this has gone on throughout all of music history, but it's never been so pervasive in pop music as it is now. Um, one person even coined it the millennial whoop because it's so pervasive and you can find it in almost every top 25 pop song in the past decade. Um, I can't remember the notes that it changes, but basically it sounds like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like in every fucking song. Um, some of that has to do with uh, familiarity because you have to keep in mind that these talk executives are spending a shitload of money on new acts trying to get them into the market. And what's a better way to get them into market than have them play a song that everybody's already heard and liked? Familiarity. It works. Um, and they also looked at the grade level of lyrics. And they noticed that in the past two decades, the grade level has dramatically decreased. Where you had songs in the 70s that were probably anywhere between the 7th grade reading level to you know, advanced to now the average mm-hmm. is about a third grade reading level. Oh, kind of like our president for a pop song. Um, of course there's always going to be outliers. Like I think they did, uh, Adele's hello. And that was pretty advanced. Um, mm-hmm. but the majority of pop songs lyrically are trash. A third grader can read the lyrics. <laughs> so that's pretty indicative of what's going on in music um another thing to keep in mind and this is something that a lot of people don't know is that the majority of these top songs that these pop artists use because they never write their own shit they always buy it i don't know if people know that but i hope they do but that's been going on for a long time even michael jackson bought songs from people he wrote a lot of his own stuff but he also did buy songs from people um but nowadays pop stars they don't write shit (laughs) they buy every single song the majority of those songs are written by two people one guy i think he's from sweden his name is max martin 
and another guy who's an American named Lucas uh, Gutwald. They write the vast majority of all pop songs that you hear today. So you sit there and wonder why it all sounds the same. It's like, well, it's because they have shitty lyrics. They all use the same millennial whoop. And they're all written by the same two fucking people. (laughs) To an extent, I can't really blame the music industry because we have created this because it's gotten so bloated and overblown with their budgets and how much money they spend on acts to try to get them out to the masses to get a return in their investment that they literally have to brainwash you to get you to like the song. You know, there's a reason why when somebody drops their latest single, you hear it fucking everywhere and you can't escape it. That's because they're paid to get it everywhere. So you can't escape the song. And unfortunately, part of the human brain is we do like familiarity. So even though you might have not liked the song at the beginning, you hear it enough times, it's going to grow on you. Um, so... There's your reason why modern pop music sucks. If you don't like it, shove it up your ass. Science is behind me. It sucks. Of course, <laughs> there's always outliers. There's there, you know, yeah. just just like everything. Just like, you know, you could go back to the 80s and there were plenty of really shitty acts and shitty pop singers, for sure. But it's drastically changed. And I think, oh, yeah. I think the bigger reason is money. You know, it costs too much money to have a full band do a track as opposed to a drum machine, synthesizer, and computer with a producer. Way cheaper. It's a lot easier to go out yeah. and get somebody who's not that great of a singer and do an auto-tune that's going to take a pay, pay cut just because they're happy to be there as opposed to getting yeah. a top talent who's going to want a shitload of money because they actually can sing. Yeah, I think the big thing is, is like you said, the record company's putting out the big dollars. I think that's why, because I know like bands like you're into, um, you know, like the Deer Hunter, people like that. Most of those artists who are doing original music and that actually are talented, they don't, they're usually not on big labels. They're usually doing their own thing independently or they're on smaller labels now and they're basically creating their music themselves, putting it out there themselves. Yeah. And all these big pop artists are signed to the two or three big labels, like you said, and they're the ones with the money and the backing and they, they own all these radio stations. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know the statistics on, but it's just like television, you know, like there's a million channels, but they're owned by like three companies. You know, it's the same thing with radio stations. I mean, there's like uh, Clear Channel and fucking, I don't know, like a couple other um, conglomerates that own all the radio stations across America. So, and of course, they're in cahoots with the big record labels. So like you said, they pay, they're the ones that make, they make the money off of them. They basically pay them, hey, this is this such and such is track. We want this to be a top track. You know, and, and you'll turn on the fucking like my wife and you know her daughter and stuff. They listen to that shitty top forty stuff, and we have the rule. You know, if you're driving, you get to pick the radio. So anytime she drives, and they're listening at like if you drive somewhere and you're in the car for more than an hour, you're gonna hear the same Justin Bieber, Chainsmokers, or whoever the fuck is like big at the time. Whatever their new track is, you're gonna hear at least twice in that yeah. hour. It's a yep. thrashing. <laughs> 
Yep. And that that's why I specifically, you know, singled out pop music because again, I don't think all music today sucks. After all, my favorite band is modern music, so you know, I yeah. I can't knock it all. And I think another saving grace is the internet. Because we have the internet, we are able to mm-hmm. get access to those bands that are hard to find that don't necessarily have a big platform not being p- played during Monday night football or something like that. You know, they actually have to work hard and be talented to get where they're at. And even then, you know, a lot of them fail because they don't get, you know, the exposure that they need. So I think it's important to go out, support your local bands, you know, go to local shows, check out people. You'd be surprised at who you like. And, you know, not all pop stars are bad. And I mean, I think all their music sucks, but like, I think uh, even Miley Cyrus, she's a hell of a singer. Like, if you actually hear her sing, she's fucking good. Lady Gaga, she's fucking good. But their music is shit. <laughs> if they did something else besides what they do, it would be fucking yeah. really good. But yeah, they're just definitely stuck in their bubble talent. where they have to make that, that shit. So that's just what they do. And then there's others that are just straight trash. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I just... I think the way you're talking about pop music, to me, the country music genre has gone that same route. I think it's oh, pretty yeah. much all the same shit rehashed over and over. And yeah, I don't it's really consider country music country music anymore. It's pop music oh, with it's a not. twang. Yeah, pop music with yeah with a guy but, with a, a hick accent singing. It's, but even then, there are outliers in that. Look at the Avett Brothers. I think they're from like South Carolina or something. Um, I mean, yeah. they've gained quite a bit of popularity but when i first heard them like eight years ago i was like holy shit these guys are fucking good you know they weren't on any radio station or anything like that but it was a country act that i liked because they were really good at what they did and they were they're a hell of a live show to go to so if you ever get a chance check them out yeah i can't you know it's funny it's like the pop music i mean i've never been a huge pop music guy even when i was younger and stuff i've always been more the rock route and stuff you know i mean i listen to all that trash like glam shit and you know metal back in the 80s and early 90s and i got into the grunge and the scott i it's always been kind of metal or rock based for me for the most part but when i was growing up you know like we'd take road trips you know like families do and stuff and of course my dad my mom i'd be just beaten down listening to country music the whole way but it's like even some of that I liked, you know, as a kid, like it was the old school shit. I mean, we're talking like Waylon Jennings and, you know, people like that. Hank Williams, not Junior, but Hank Williams. I mean, yeah, that's the shit that my, you know, and it's like you listen to that compared to stuff now. It's like even the rock and stuff anymore. It's like there's very few bands that I'll hear something from on the radio now when the kids are listening to it everyone. I'm like, wow, who's that? You know, that's somebody new that actually has a sound. I can't remember the last artist they came out where I was like, dude, they're fucking great. And I've bought like all their albums. I mean, it's like, I keep listening to the same shit that I've listened to from the time I was like a teen until I was about 30. Like in the last decade, there's like no bands (laughs) or artists I've really latched on to. And it's not because I'm like old man syndrome where like, Oh, this is all shit. Like you're saying, it's just, it is, it's all the same stuff over and over. And there's like, Everybody puts out one or two songs, and it's like, 
one-hit wonders or whatever, and they have their two or three songs that are big, and then yeah. you never hear from them again. Like, people don't consistently yep. put out albums. I, you know? I definitely could have been stuck in that same void of listening to the same stuff that I had listened to for the past 20 years if it wasn't for the Deer Hunter. You know, that's really the only, like, new, relevant music to me. Mm-hmm. But really beyond that, there hasn't been much of anything that I've grown to love and be attached to. You know what? You know, I'm gonna what I liked in the '90s and '80s. I um I blame Trump for the shitty music out now. <laughs> blame him for everything. Uh, everything no, wrong with been, America. This has been going on for a long time. It's been a slow death of pop music. So we'll blame George <laughs> W. Bush then. I think even longer than that. <laughs> God damn it! I mean, it's definitely gotten worse over the past two decades, but. <sighs> Now, now I'm with you. I there's like I said, there's just not a whole hell of a lot out there, man, that I'm into anymore. But now that's a good segment, man. I like that. <laughs> I want to. I, I need links to those the scientific articles. I got to do research. Got to. I got to check your homework on that. <laughs> okay. Because this is fake news. We're a bunch of libs. <laughs> You're just making shit pulling out of your ass. Um. No, I pinged Derek today and I told him I wanted to talk about uh, Harvey Weinstein tonight because not really about him so much, but the culture that's out there. Like, because this has been the huge story as far as entertainment news has gone for last, what? I mean, it's been a couple weeks now and it seems like every day someone else is, has their new story about him. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can't even count how many people have come out and said stuff. But I thought it was interesting when I heard this and then now you see this snowballing and you're seeing some big time named actresses and coming out against him and saying that, you know, I had this encounter with him or, you know, he touched me or he masturbated in front of me or he did this or he did that. And it's amazing to think that this goes back like about, what, 30 years or so, you know, is how long yeah, he's been getting away with this. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like Cosby. You know, where Bill caught like this guy, I think there's been a couple allegations of rape, but for the most part, it's, you know, him trying to make him watch him jerk off and shit like that. It's been a little bit creepy and weird stuff. I mean, I like Bill Cosby raping women. It's not creepy and weird, but um, with Cosby, it's just rape. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to drug you. I'm going to yeah. fucking rape you. But it's like all these women knew this and, you know, little things that came out in the past about it as well. You know, like when Hannibal Burst did a stand-up and he made the jokes about Cosby before all the shit went down. It's like he reminded people, hey, remember when Bill Cosby used to rape people? <laughs> you know, and he, and he did that joke in his act. And that got people looking into his background. And there was, there's been stories for decades. And now that all this Weinstein stuff's coming out, it's the same thing. I mean, there's a clip that I saw on Twitter Um I was just like this weekend and it's of Courtney Love and it's back from 2005 and she's like on a red carpet. I don't know what it is for, like maybe Larry Flint movie or something. She did that. I think it's around that time frame and yeah, broad goes up to right. her and he, and the girl asked her, she goes, Hey, you know, do you have any advice for any, you know, women trying to get into the business or whatever? And she basically was like, well, she says, I don't know if I could say this. When she kind of pauses for a second, she goes, if Harvey Weinstein ever asked you for 
to join him at a private party at the Four Seasons, don't go. (laughs) (laughs) And she made that comment, and she even kind of like looked weird when she said it. Like she's like, I'm probably going to get sued for libel or something. She made some comment under her breath, and then she paused for a second and kind of got this crazy look on her face, and then she just blurted it out. (laughs) And then, um, oh my God, who else was it? Um, Seth MacFarlane, like a few years ago, he did a joke about Harvey Weinstein, like doing casting couch thing, like kind of taking a shot at him for this too. It was like a pre-award ceremony, like they're announcing like fucking nominees for Golden Globes or whatever. And this was a few years ago. And, you know, of course, there was a case that was publicized where he paid off some like Italian model or something for groping her. And so there's been all the shit. I mean, going back for at least there's a decade where there's been little leaks here and there where people made jokes. I can't remember. Oh yeah. It was Tina Fey. Like a few years ago at one of those award ceremonies made a joke about Harvey Weinstein kind of being a pig. So it's like, there's this collective and it's a big name people making these jokes. So it's almost like, it had to have been a known thing in the industry. And like the other day, Kate Beckinsale came out. Love Kate Beckinsale. If you don't know who she is, she's like the main broad in like the underworld movies. Fantastic. Yeah. British. And uh, love her to death. And she said when she was like 17, just getting into the business that she had a meeting with Harvey Weinstein. And, you know, he'd like, instead of like meeting like in a, you know, he, she's supposed to meet him at the hotel instead of meeting like in a conference room or something. He's like, oh, I come through. And she's like, yeah, I'm naive and stuff. I'm just like, oh, yeah, we'll go up there. It's private. You know, we'd do our interview, whatever the fuck she's there for. And she said, you know, he kind of made some comments and this and that. And she was kind of like, okay, nope, and left. But so, and I, she's got to be, I'd say, late 30s, early 40s now. So, I mean, this, like I said, 20, 30 years back, this shit's been going on. And it's like, you wonder how people get away with this stuff, but then you're like, these are some pretty famous women, some of them, that know about this stuff, and that he's done these things to, and yet, they don't come out, even this far off into the, you know, the distance, you know, you know, maybe at the time they didn't want to say anything because they're trying to get into the business, and, you know, he's this powerful guy that runs this production company, and, you know, he has the connections and everything, but... It's like you would think after a while, you know, this would be one of those things where someone would be like, fuck it, I've had enough. And I guess finally, I don't know, I didn't see the initial story, like who kind of broke this and brought up the fact that he'd been doing this. But now the floodgates are open. And I've seen a couple other people in Hollywood. Woody Allen made a comment the other day, and I've seen a couple of these other stars and directors make comments like, hey, you know, he's a bad guy and you know everybody's trying to throw him on the bus now and stuff you know let this thing play out let's not go on a, a witch hunt and i think there's a reason why you're hearing that especially from like a woody allen who is a known creep anyway <laughs> right is because i think this is pretty uh you know epidemic within that industry and not just the sexual harassment on the female side I think because there's a lot of cases, and I told Eric I want to get a little conspiratorial here, but I do have some things that kind of back up a little bit of what I'm saying. I think this could open up a Pandora's box. Like, you've already seen people going after, like, Ben Affleck. 
<laughs> there's been a couple women yeah. come out against him and and he always seemed like a yeah. douche too so i totally believe that um i think yeah, if they I know, started... uh jason vanderveek dawson's creek guy yeah he came out and said that something had happened to him when um, yeah when he was young uh, yeah. yeah who was uh i can't remember his name it's Terry something or something Terry, the big black guy that's in the old Spice commercials. Uh, Terry Crews. Yeah, he came out and said he knows what it feels like to be uh, sexually assaulted and you know treated like a piece of meat. So I don't know if something happened to him. Yeah, see, and I think that's the thing. And then you take it back, like I said, these are adults, these women with Weinstein. They're yeah. least the ones coming out now. I mean, like I said, Beckinsale was 17 at the time she said this event took place, which means he definitely did this to younger girls as well. And I think mm-hmm. here's the, the thing is, like, I, and I've you've read this before. I mean, I don't know if people, like, I read a lot of crazy shit and stuff. I'm, you know, and I, I say right off the bat, you know, I kind of keep up with some of the tabloid conspiratorial stuff. I love it. Um, but there's been plenty of talk about, you know, a lot of these powerful people within Hollywood being, there's like, you know, pedophile rings and different things like that. And I think when you start oh, pulling yeah. back that, the layers. Years back, years back, I remember Corey Feldman going off about this ring of pedophilia in Hollywood. Yes. And how when him and Corey Haim were younger, they were surrounded by them. You know, and he's like, I didn't realize till I was like older, holy shit, you know, this was going on. Because, you know, he was just young, naive, didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. But he was, he talked about it and he talked that it was very pervasive and it was everywhere. He brought that up and he, I mean, he's brought up a few times and I, I've seen the interview where you're talking about. And then the, he said something about it another time, just in the last couple of years. And when he did, someone made a comment about it and someone asked Elijah Wood. People don't know who Elijah Wood is. He was Frodo in the Lord of the Rings. That's the easiest way to yep. put you know, for him. And he made a comment to a magazine over in England and he wasn't this straight out as Corey Feldman was about it, but he kind of did that dance around the edges about the seedy underbelly of Hollywood. And then, but he kind of left it real generic and he was asked about it again. And he was kind of like, Oh, I didn't really mean it that way and stuff and brushed it off. Cause I'm sure someone was like, what are you doing, dude? But I mean, there's people like that. Um, Dave Chappelle, when he left, you know, he did an interview with like inside the actor studio and they kind of asked him about, you know, it was really weird when you left the way you left. People are talking and stuff. He was like, there's a lot of fucked up shit that goes on in Hollywood. People get out there and they get into stuff or they don't understand what's going to happen to them. And he kind of alluded to some things and didn't come out and say it. And I think there is a ton of that. And I think if people start really investigating Weinstein you know, and they start kind of drifting in and women start coming out about some of these other guys. I think if you start peeling the layers of the onion, there could easily be other things. Um, I saw a story is probably about six months ago and the year ago within you know past year where L.A. did this big sting where they got like a hundred and some uh, people who are in a pedophile sting out there. So it's really pervasive. It seems like, like this is one of those things like you don't think about it being such a big deal, but like I saw vice news a couple of weeks ago and they did a story about this where, uh, like, especially Americans would go on and get in these rooms for like the Philippines or, you know, Asian countries or stuff like this. And, you know, the women or guys over there, they have all these young girls and they basically will get online and sell them off online 
you know, and the guys will go over there or they'll just do video things or stuff like that. And there's some links, not on the Vice thing, but I've seen another thing like that where they linked it to some of these Hollywood people. And there's two different documentaries, I'd say, to kind of check out that involves Hollywood and the other one involves politics, both where you have very powerful men running things. Um, the one on Hollywood was called An Open Secret. And you can probably Google. I think it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. And it's really interesting because they go through and they show these stories of all these children whose parents, you know, tried to get them into stuff or they wanted to get into acting. And they got in with different agents and stuff and different companies where, and this is a weird thing. And I guess the Hollywood culture and people are so fucked in the head like when they comes to trying to get their use their kids to get rich i mean you see it all the time these child actors how fucked up they turn and i think it's because their parents are fucked up and the way they push them and i think they're probably having things happen to them as well and that's why they always turn yeah. into such wrecks and they're into drugs and you know they go off the deep end and um like a lot of these parents like you know, they'd be from wherever in the country, you know, Michigan, fucking Indiana, blah, 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 wherever, all over the country. And they can't just uproot and move out to L.A. So they basically, these managers, they'd get in L.A., some of them, like they highlighted a couple in this documentary, would basically say, well, your kid can move in with me. I'll take care of him, get him to school and stuff, and then I'll get him, you know, take him to auditions and we'll get him into the parts. So they're letting like these... 11 12 year old boys some girls go live with some 40 50 year old man out in la to try and get them acting parts and stuff and it's like it just doesn't seem right like you're thinking i would never let my fucking kid do that (laughs) like i don't care how talented the kid is (laughs) it's like i'm sorry that's your dream you you could fucking pursue it after high school or something you're an adult but they right. go out there and get involved in the one thing about this one. I mean, like I said, I, I'm going to go through every step of it, but they go through, like I said, a couple different managers and different production companies that were um, really tied together. And one of the players in it, whom one of the boys in the movie was suing was uh, Brian Singer. And he was kind of attached to a couple other kind of big names out in Hollywood. And again, Brian Singer, if you don't know who he is, he did, uh, the usual suspects he was a director and he does like all the x-men yep. movies and still is like the new x-men yeah. coming out he's he did that one too um and he's kind of a creepy looking dude if you ever look at him he, look, he has a little bit of a look to him but it's really interesting how they go through step by step like how these things happen and these kids get into this stuff and you know they I mean they've gone after him in courts to him but a lot of times like i said these kids will go live with these people or they're constantly with them and it's the same thing it's like look i have connections i have the power if you tell anybody you're doing this you know no one's going to believe you and it's going to ruin your career you know and it's going to devastate your family and this and that so of course kids they keep these things in um another one that's more on the political side is called the franklin cover-up and this one was a documentary that the Discovery Channel had actually put together and they were going to release in like the early 90s and they ended up taking it out and they never released it. But of course, a copy leaked and you can find it online. And 
I can't remember the main guy's name, this investigator. He did all the stuff. But so in Nebraska, there's a place called uh, Boys Town. A lot of people probably heard of it. It's like wayward kid boys and stuff, young boys. They don't have homes and stuff. They're kind of troublemakers. They go to Boys Town. I think it's, I don't know if it's like a Christian run kind of thing, but it's basically like its own little city. And they go there, go to school, do everything. And there's a guy who was like a top guy within the Republican Party. And he was in with the Boys Town people. And they made some kind there's connections made where they would get some of the boys, the ones that are pretty troubled, had no families or anything. And they would basically kind of use them for like these big wig parties for these rich, wealthy fuckers, which they would do drugs and they would do things with the boys and stuff. And there's, they call it the Franklin cover up because there was ties going all the way to DC and some pretty high up people in the Republican party. And this was during like the Reagan era that this took place. And this is back in like the eighties when all this was going on. And I mean, there's a lot of information in there. And like I said, they, they go through it step by step and you can actually find stories like in the Washington times, Washington post, like where there's stories on this, where there's parts, things leaked and little stories where, you know, they had connections to certain individuals. And there are people like this guy, didn't go to prison for that so much, but they found him on some financial dealings and stuff where he was stealing money from like a federal credit union there in Nebraska or something. So he went, went to prison for that. But during the investigation, there was little things that covered and people who had found out and reported, and put some of this information out there, like mysteriously died, of course, like a guy died in a plane crash and, you know, the typical conspiratorial part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there is some evidence out there as well. So you hear these things have been out on the internet forever. Like I said, this was back in the nineties. This document was put out. So now when you hear things like the pizza gate thing that happened under Hillary, you know, and all that shit came out, where you know they're running a pedophile ring in the basement of a pizza place. Uh, that's why it's so easy people jump on this because I think where there's smoke, there is fire in the cases of some of this shit that goes on because there's no doubt about it. And there are high up people like uh, Jeffrey Epstein, who's a big prominent player. He's a billionaire who spent time in prison for um, having sex and basically trafficking underage girls and he's a free man now and he associated with bill clinton donald trump i mean a lot of big wigs he's brushed elbows with and they've spent time together and he has like his own private island and his plane they'd fly back and forth they call it the lolita express and this is all true and we could look <laughs> this stuff up so there's so many connections you know within and then you see this weinstein thing and i think that it's one of those things where there's such a perverse atmosphere, like an underbelly. And like you said, Feldman's come out. And you've heard a couple little clips from other people in the business that kind of make little mentions of things. And it's like, I, I don't know how far this will go with Weinstein. I mean, it may, it may just end with him. I mean, there may be a few more allegations and, you know, somebody could file a lawsuit. I don't know what the how it works with the sexual assaults because I know even with like Cosby even though there was like 50 women that came out like because of time frames and evidence stuff there's only a couple like that could actually go after him um, yeah that's that's the difficult nature of it is you know if it's not reported when it happens and stuff like that it's very difficult to kind of hammer it down I mean you see it on college campuses you know uh, 
a girl gets raped or something and then they start oh well you know you shouldn't contact the police um you know more than likely nothing's going to happen besides your name's going to get drugged through the mud mm-hmm. you know it, oh you might be misremembering exactly the events that are happening and the same things happening there in hollywood where they're going to a lawyer and the lawyer's like oh you're not going to win that fight against harvey weinstein he's too powerful plus you're going to lose your career blah 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 yeah you know just drop it basically is what they're saying which is an awful culture and way of going about things but in the extent of it i mean they're if you don't have the evidence and stuff it's almost fact you know it's especially against somebody that has that much influence and that much power like it's very tough unless you have actual evidence you know to get anything to stick so it's it's unfortunate. It's fucking disgusting. But that's exactly what predators and pieces of shit like him feed off of is the fact that they can get away with it as long as there's not some hard, tangible evidence. Well, that's the thing. Now, so many women are coming out. I think they may not be able to get him for it because, like you said, it's hard to prove that. And with the distance in between. But, I mean, his career's ruined. And... These women keep coming out against him, and I think it's one of those things where people believe it now. It's not like anybody... I don't think anybody's like, I don't think that's right. I don't think he did it. I think it's a known... (laughs) Everybody is like, yeah, that motherfucker did it. And like I said, it seems like something that Hollywood's known for some time. And like I said, I just don't... I don't know how far we go with him, but I'm wondering with all these women coming out and nobody's like, I don't believe you, whore. Like people are such dicks to deal a lot of times with women it seems like everybody's like yeah i believe anybody that comes out they're like yeah i'm on board with this because this motherfucker's bad news i wonder if that's gonna go yeah where some other women are gonna be emboldened now where they're like well i was molested by this fucking guy or some guy like a james vanderbeek you know will come out and say yeah when i was you know a teenager I was fucking molested by some dude too, you know, trying to get into the business. And you're going to start seeing more and more people come out and start exposing some of these other motherfuckers there in Hollywood. That's what. Yep. There, I mean, there's a reason why the shtick of the casting couch exists. Like it didn't just appear out of thin air oh, yeah. and been made up by the porn industry. The porn industry turned it into something because it's a reality. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, dude, if this, yeah, it's like if this was going on, just a few years ago, even he's doing these things. Just think of how bad it was, like in the forties and the fifties, and you know the sixties. It's like fucking women, man. I feel bad. You know what? Way worse. The, the way it is now, where I think people are finally starting to come around on a lot of these topics when women are like, "Yeah, this happens." Like Donald Trump, yeah. for instance. It's like, okay, that motherfucker was accused. He's been accused by 14 women. I mean, he said, hey, I could grab women's pussies to go with it because I'm a rich fucking famous guy. Hey, when I owned the teenage beauty pageant, I used to walk in on him dressing because I could get away with it. You know, I mean, he's such a piece of shit. He says all these things. He's had all these women come out and accuse him of stuff. And it's like he's president now and no one talks about it. It's like, you know that motherfucker did stuff too. He's a fucking. He's one of these guys who got away with shit for so long. Yeah. And he'll never pay a price for it. And now he's our fucking president. It's like we have a sexual abuser as a president. You know. But I'm hoping that. You know, I like to see the culture changes. If, if I mean, I'm fortunate. I have a stepdaughter, so I mean, she's still my daughter and stuff. But 
you know, and, you know, with my wife and stuff, it's like, you always think about that. It's like, I don't know what shit happened to them and this and that. And it, it, it's no different. And I think, you know, who's probably sitting back doing the fucking, yeah, we know motherfuckers like black people, you know, how fucking they used to tell us all the time, like, uh, fucking cops are dirty and they do fucked up shit. And everybody's like, oh, you crazy black people, you don't know what you're talking, you're just exaggerating, and then now everybody's got cell phones and video cameras, and they're recording, like, on a weekly basis, a cop doing something fucked up, and black people are sitting back, like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, we've been telling you this for the last fucking, like, 40 (laughs) years, assholes, 50 years, you know, it's no different, I think it's, but you just don't have all the video proof, but I mean, it's just, uh, you get credible big names are coming out against him and people are like, Oh man, I guess this shit's for real. It's like, yeah. And it's everywhere. Bill O'Reilly, Roger Ailes at Fox news, doing that shit for years and years, getting away with it. You know, like I said, Weinstein, uh, fucking who knows how many other people there in Hollywood are doing it. Ben Affleck, he's groping broads. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe things will start changing on that front, but, it's hard to expect any real change in this country when you say, well, maybe some advances are made. And then you look at our president. It's like, he's a sexual assaulter. He's a fucking racist. So how far have we really come or can we go? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, exactly. That's a problem. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting story. And I think that's something maybe people would keep an eye on to see if maybe if if this unravels and you start seeing some other things come out that are even worse because I think it's the potential is definitely there. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would hope that it, um, like you said, changes the culture. I also hope that, you know, women, uh, be a little bit more emboldened to come out, you know, um, even though your name might be sullied in the mud a little bit, you know, hopefully it'll, empower some women that feel like they don't have a voice to get their voice Mm -hmm. and speak out against you know sexist bullshit and you know people doing inappropriate things that they shouldn't be doing to them without their consent so hopefully it changes because that is shitty and yeah i can't imagine going through that and then being told that you can't do anything about it you know it's like the the best correlation that I had to that is the Equifax shit. You, you know? felt you felt <laughs> assaulted like, by Equifax and you can't do anything about it. Hell yeah, <laughs> that is true. I, I have been assaulted by Equifax. They fucked up. Now my personal information is out there forever, mm-hmm. and I literally can't do anything about it. Like, they offer a year of free uh, protection. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Like, that means nothing to me. I'll tell you. A year? I have to spend a lifetime worrying about somebody having my social security number, date of birth, addresses, and name so then they can get anything they want through my credit. I have to worry about that until death. Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to absolve me from you it. You know what company fucking was doing handstands when Equifax did that? Is that uh, LifeLock? Man, I saw more commercials from those fuckers yeah. recently with the current, and, you know. And and LifeLock, and LifeLock, they get like some of their credit stuff from Equifax. So they actually give money to Equifax mm-hmm. to get some of their services up and running. Maybe it's a conspiracy. 
So if I do the LifeLock shit, then I'm giving money to my assaulter. It's like, what the fuck? That's like, um, like I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I hope the higher ups at Equifax go to jail. They should go to jail. Oh, okay. Because half of Americans shit is out there. Okay, now. dude, that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> oh, no, it's not going to happen, but it should. Am I wrong or am oh, I right? Of course it should happen, but it should happen. They they had everybody's personal information and they fucked up royally and didn't do shit about it. And then they waited forever to tell us about it. And then they even fucked up then. Like when they you, you know they said go to the website whatever. So you go to their shitty website that's easily fished because it's so fucking stupid. And they didn't buy out the other websites that could be you know you just mix match the words and buy a website and create some stupid page and then all of a sudden you get more people's personal information because they're that fucking stupid. But I went there and they said, oh, you weren't affected. I'm like, oh, okay, good. And then a week goes by and I get an email from them and they're like, oh, yeah, we fucked up. You were affected. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What the fucking fuck? Can't get your shit together. These motherfuckers, just like Weinstein and all those other fucks, in Hollywood that have been groping girls forever. Go to fucking jail for a very long time. You're fucking with people's lives. Granted, I didn't get raped. But still, I got my credit raped. I do like how you you make it synonymous. Him sexually assaulting women with Equifax putting your fucking credit I mean, information. It's, it's definitely not the same thing. It's not... <laughs> certainly not as... You know, the emotional toll is not there and all that stuff. And... I can't even imagine what it feels like to be violated sexually. But you're I right. Can't even put myself in that shoes. The Equifax thing is worse because that's for a lifetime. I mean, they only had to look at him masturbate for a well, couple no. minutes, and now it's done. So, well, really, we're the masturbate the- thing. Yeah, that's that's what it is. But the <laughs> ones that were actually raped by him, they do have to deal with that for the rest of their life. It's all allegations, so. Eric. There's no proof of any of this, though. Oh come on! Just like don't give me that. Just shit. Just like Cosby and OJ. Show me the proof. Show me a video. <laughs> yeah. It's that's very difficult. So, um any woman or hell even man or if you're going to send your child off to Hollywood, make sure you have a recording device on you. Oof. No, no shit. Get to, that shit recorded. I was going to say make those goddamn cops wear those lapel cameras. You might have to make your kids wear them too when they go yeah, on interviews. Yeah. Some spy cameras. <laughs> Jeez. When you when you go to like a casting or some big executive says, hey, meet me at my hotel room for blah, blah, blah. We can chat about this role or whatever. Yeah, remember, girls. Record that shit. No, no private parties at the Four Seasons. Avoid those. Protect yourself, because the law sure as fuck ain't going to unless you have absolute proof. Uh, fucking, it's fucked up. But that's the, that's the biggest story pretty much the last couple weeks. That's the thing I've heard the most about. I mean, outside of politics, because like I said, we're yeah, of course, not as much politics because I just don't have it in me. Like I said, we'll do a couple one notes on the, at the end here. Yeah, you have you have our dipshit president who's like, oh, we got to get North Korea's nukes out of there. Oh, I'm gonna make sure that Iran can make nukes. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on a second. What? What did you just say? Nah, dude, he's gonna back out of the agreement, but he's not gonna let it have nukes. It's like. So that, you can, no, that's not no. It's it's like <laughs> you realize if you pour 
pull out of this agreement and try and put sanctions on them again, they're going to start creating the nukes because they're going to be like, okay, you reneged on us. So now we're going to go back to our fucking program. And then you're going to say, hey, they're building nukes. We have to start a war with them. That's exactly what they want. It's like, God damn it, dude. This dude wants a war so bad with somebody. Uh, we're fucked. I mean, we got past one year without him. Well, not a full year, but almost a year in. And he hasn't started a war yet. So, success? Uh, No. Yeah, well. No. Because like you said, he's trying. He's trying really hard. I have to say, I do. The one thing I like about him um, trying to get us out of the Iran deal. And the thing is, like, he decertified this week the deal. That doesn't really mean a lot. That's just like throwing meat to his base. Like, I told you guys I'm getting out of it. That doesn't get us out of the deal. Like, it still has to go to Congress now. Basically, what he did was, instead of pulling out, he just did that decertification thing, which kicks it to Congress now to fucking make a decision on it. So, he's just, he's doing what he usually does. He's not taking any fucking responsibility. Like, he'll take credit. Like, look at me. I'm doing everything I can. It's like, well, no, you're not. You're pushing off on Congress again because they're fucking inept. And even it's funny how all the Republicans were saying what a horrible deal this was. And it's his joke and Obama's selling us down the river. And now when you got a president, they're like douchebag. And it's come time where he's actually legitimately talking about pulling us out of this and canceling the agreement. Now you've had a few of the Republican senators go, well, wait a minute. This deal's not that bad. I think we need to stay in it. It's like because it's a good fucking yeah, we deal. We should stay in it. It's a great deal, yeah, dude. The, yeah. I'm, Our high generals are even saying, yeah, we should stick with it. Yeah. Because it's better than nothing. Yeah. Fucking uh, Mattis and Kelly, his generals that he's got fucking running Because it's working. <sighs> it's actually working better than anybody predicted. Of course it is. It's just like Obamacare was working fine. The only reason any issue, major issues were with Obamacare... Uh, with the premium rates and stuff like that, what they're talking about in some states is because the conservatives that run those states either weren't implementing the program or because you have Republicans in Congress constantly talking about how they're going to tear it down. And that makes the markets unstable, and that causes the issues. Just like this week, yep. dipshit signed that executive order yep. to not pay the subsidies. Totally underfunding it. Yep. And I'm just like, and now that so now it's going to implode. Oh my god! And then they sit back and they're like, oh my god, look at this! All the premiums are going to go up twenty or thirty percent next year. Yeah, because you made it happen. It's like, yeah, dude, because you just pulled that. Like every one of the insurance companies is like, yeah, because he just did this. Uh, our premiums are going to go through the roof next year, <laughs> only because he yeah. did this. I, it well, and his base—they're too fucking stupid to know that. They're just going to be like, oh, we, he was right. Obamacare is shit. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, if anybody ever watches It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, there's this one episode where some old buddy that they had in high school called Psycho Pete gets released from the mental ward where he was staying. Um, so they, and, uh, you know, allegedly the guy, like, killed and ate his family. So Dennis and his sister Dee go to the mental, mental institution to be like, hey, you need to put this guy back in because he's fucking crazy. You shouldn't have let him out. And lo and behold, the place is empty and closed out. And D like is looking up information on her phone. She's like, "Oh shit! They had to close up a whole bunch of mental institutions and let people go." And he's like, "What? 
we can't have fucking lunatics out on the streets. That's ridiculous. And she's like, well, then they're going to have to raise taxes. He goes, what? They can't raise my taxes. I already pay a shitload in taxes. And he's like, well, then they're going to have to release more crazies. What? You can't release crazies into the world? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> it's like that crazy-ass cycle where it's like, no, that's kind of how it has to work. Otherwise, it all fucking goes down. Yeah. <laughs> Just like they should get the subsidies, you know, for their lower tax rates or their uh, lower insurance and all that stuff because that's how the fucking system works. Mm-hmm. So you take that away and it all crashes. Well, I was just laughing because I saw an article today where they said in Pennsylvania, because of what Trump just did, sign that executive order, the insurance companies there uh, put out a report today saying that the on average the premiums in pennsylvania are going to go up 30 percent next year and i'm just like hmm, what state voted for fucking trump that normally votes democrat <laughs> oh yeah that's right pennsylvania yep, i'm like fuck ha ha you fucking pieces of shit like that's what you get it's like i'm in texas dude our insurance yep. is terrible anyway it's always been high because the republicans in this state do everything they can to make sure people can't get insured so it's nothing new here. Yep. So uh, the Republicans are on a roll, man. They're doing the uh, let's fucking destroy everything Obama created tour continues on <laughs> at a record setting pace. Fucking pieces of work, man. Uh, that's pretty much it as far as I don't know. Is there anything else Trump did this week besides that? I don't know. I really wasn't paying that much attention besides for those two major points. Yeah. I kind of do tune I'm him out a little sure bit more. I'm pretty sure there's some other bullshit that he did, but <laughs> but it's just exhausting. Uh, so fucking exhausting. There is one thing that Trump can do fucking right, though. Um, this is the last thing I got. Uh, grab pussies. And then you've got you to fucking give us your goddamn movie review on the way out the door. Yep. Because I got to hear about this because the wife still wants to see it. And I was like, Eric's going to do his review this week, so I'll hear it. And if he's if he convinces yeah. me, I'll take it see it. You can do spoilers for me. I don't give a shit. Um, no, this is cool, though. So what people forget is we used to have a president called JFK who was uh, murdered. <laughs> Some people will say it was by the government's hand. We're not so sure. Um, but... In 19, the, okay, so government always does, like, we know the War Commission, they take up all the documents, get all the evidence for these things, and then they'll put a lot of stuff under wraps. And, of course, a lot of times with information, um, people could put in the Freedom of Information Acts, and some of it will be granted, and they get some access, which is what some people have done with a lot of the JFK information that is out there, even though it's pretty basic information. And then that's what they use. They either go wild with their conspiracy theories or to actually prove points um, where information will come out or people will finally come out and tell the truth about something like McNamara when he brought up the fact that the Gulf of Tonkin never really happened and we made it up so we could go into Vietnam. <laughs> little things like that. Um, yeah, little things. But with JFK, um, and they've done the same thing with the 9-11 documents so I don't know if I, I can't remember how long of a lock they put on it, but with the JFK documents, they were supposed to come due and back in the early nineties. But at the time, uh, president George HW Bush was in office. 
they put into effect an act, Congress passed it, called the JFK Records Act, which basically said that these documents will not be released to the public for another 25 years. You know, like they had already been held tight, you know, Freedom of Information Act, nothing. You can't get to see them. I mean, you had to wait till they come available. So that 25 years is up on October 26th. And at that time, basically, Trump is the only person that can keep these documents from being released. And all he has to do is cite it's a national security, um, you know, issue. And then he could keep them from going out there. So we may finally get to see some information on the JFK assassination that we've never seen before. And the only motherfucker that could screw us from it is Trump. But I think some presidents may want to put the clamp on it. And there's people, they said, within the CIA that are pressuring him to make them, uh, basically box them up for like another, you know, period of time. However long, I don't know. Um, which makes sense because we all know that the CIA had something to do with his death. Um, but anyway, I think this is this is the one thing where having Trump and all of his might work out if you're a conspiracy buff and you want to see these documents and see what kind of information was never released to the public. Because uh, for people who out there aren't aware of this, uh, Trump is a little bit of a conspiracy guy himself. He's an Alex Jones fan. And he also has questioned uh, 9-11 being an inside job <laughs> in the past. So I think there is no way in hell he's going to block this from getting out. I think he'll see this as a victory for him being the president who gets the JFK, you know, documents really uh, released under his watch. Um, and even there's been a couple of Republicans and a couple other uh, people in Congress have come out and said, don't block this. We want to see these documents. <laughs> so, yeah. so we may, like we'll I said, see. October 26th is the, is the day that the act, you know, ends and then they could be made available. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Maybe someone yeah. will get in his ear from the CIA and say, "Look, motherfucker, we can't, we can't let these go. And if we do, you're going to be the next JFK <laughs> you know, or some shit." So we'll see what happens. But I'm interested to see that. <laughs> so I just heard about that the other day. I was like, "Oh man, I, I knew that there was something like this coming." Like I said, 9/11 documents for that 9/11 commission. It's the same thing. They've sealed them all, but I can't remember how long they sealed them for. I mean, I think it was like 50 years or something ridiculous, which tells you that there's definitely a ton of shit that they know. Yeah, and we'll never find that out. Something there, you know. But yeah, so be it. So anyway, that's just another little fun nugget. All right, dude. Tell me about this Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, we'll find out. Yes, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the sequel to the cult classic Blade Runner, uh, based off of the, or it was the inspiration, was a book from Philip K. Dick. He's one of my favorite writers. Called "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" Um, if you haven't seen the first one. I definitely recommend checking that out before you go and watch the sequel because uh, they do tie a lot of the first one into the second one. Um, you know, not saying that it's completely unwatchable unless you've seen the first one, but I think it'd be good for context. Basically, the premise behind it is just kind of the questioning of reality, like what constitutes life. Um, because in this world of uh, Blade Runner, they have replicants, which are basically androids. Um, 
who are given thoughts and to an extent free will um, but because of their physical prowess and the fact that they can deal with harsher environments that we can are sent off world to basically be slaves for us um, and the premise behind the original was a few slaves go rogue and come back to earth which is illegal for them to do um, and basically their whole goal is to try to extend their life because at that time they only had a three-year lifespan because if it went beyond that they got a little bit wily and crazy and were uncontrollable so that's why they had the three-year cap and then they were decommissioned so these replicants decide hey we need to extend our life you know we like being alive so they go back to earth trying to extend their life while being chased by the blade runner who's basically like a cop that uh kills these androids um and it eh, the first one it's awesome like i said cult classic very interesting um you know and some of the highlights or big lines from it was uh, one of the main replicants he's chasing down harrison ford who's the blade runner in uh this one extended scene and then by the time they get done kind of him chasing harrison ford he was like were you afraid he's like now you know what it's like to be a slave you know kind of hinting at the fact that there's more to these mm -hmm. replicants than meets the eye that it's not just a machine uh, that they actually have emotions and feelings and stuff. Uh, so what Blade Runner 2049 does is it kind of takes that idea and expands it. You know, uh, replicants were outlawed outright because they became uncontrollable. And then over the years, another company came through and was able to design replicants that obeyed, that did not stray from the path. Um, and they were given longer lifespans because they did what they were told they kept their place they weren't quote dangerous um try not to get too into the spoilers for you but if you don't want any spoilers i would say stop right now and just go watch the fucking movie because it's good um but this one it expands on the idea of what constitutes life uh because <clears throat> Now the Blade Runner is Ryan Gosling. And this is not really much of a spoiler, but you find out really quick that he is a replicant. So he's a replicant that was built to hunt replicants that are rogue from pre-blackout, as they call it. So, you know, one of the first scenes is him going to a replicant's house and basically killing him. Uh, and that's what his job is. And this replicant pretty much says, the only reason you obey is because you've never seen a miracle. Which, you know, at the time, you don't really understand fully what he means, but as you dive deeper into the story, you figure out what he's talking about. Um, but it gets really interesting and crazy. Um, as far as the acting, I think it was all superb. Um, oh, I didn't finish my thought there. So Ryan Gosling, he, his character has basically like a companion but his campaign his companion is uh basically a computer that he has at his home that makes a hologram of this woman who's supposed to be like his girlfriend or whatever you know 
Um, so even, like I said, it even expands on the idea of what constitutes life because throughout the movie, she clearly has emotions and sort of has some bit of free will, but at the same time, she's still an object that he Mm -hmm. purchased for the idea of her being his, uh, partner. So, you know, it's that whole kind of, it throws up a lot of crazy concepts and crazy ideas about you know, the role it plays, and it's, um, it's, I think this part's missed on a lot of people, but this is a pretty big feminist movie. Um, it, it hints on a lot of different tones of feminism as far as, uh, you know, women being objectified, their different roles between each other, how, you know, even though two women might be pretty similar, one will still kind of see the one as lesser because of her line of work or whatever. Um, all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Robin Wright is in there, at, you know, from House of Cards <laughs> and Forrest Gump. Jenny. Um, she plays Ryan Gosling's uh, boss, his superior. Um, she does a fantastic job, as she always does. Uh, but anyway, so the acting is great. The visuals are phenomenal. It's one of the most stunning films I've ever seen. Um, it definitely makes me question what I did with my artistic <laughs> talent and how I just fucking squandered that. Um, it shames me to think that I just kind of gave up on art altogether because it's so damn good. And it also makes me depressed because I know that I will never make anything that looks that good. Um, but I love the themes that it brings up the ideas that it has. Um, like I said, the it's one of the rare performances <laughs> by Jared Leto that I actually liked. Uh, he plays... He plays a, uh, a rich business mogul. Yeah. He's the one that kind of reinvented the replicants. Um, and, I mean, he doesn't directly say it, but just by the way that he kind of expresses himself and how he kind of comes across you can tell that he thinks himself very highly uh almost akin to a god um so it's very interesting to see the dynamic that he has with you know his own replicants and then with uh just the world around him you don't see much of him, but when he is on screen and when he is kinda talking, like, he totally like he did envelops Joker. the scene, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, fuck no, he was an awful Joker, <clears throat> but he did he did great in this film. I am not going to knock him for that. Uh, Harrison Ford does reprise his role as uh, Lieutenant Deckard, the original Blade Runner. Uh. But there are parts in the first film that allude to something about Deckard that they kind of re-hint at in this one. Um, so to me, I have I I think I know, but you know, I would say go watch the films, see what you think about his character and his dynamic. But I'm pretty sure I know. But they don't explicitly say; it's just hinted. Um, my one gripe about the movie, I would say, is that they do a few callbacks to like earlier parts in the film, uh, 
mm-hmm. to kind of hammer home plot points. And to me, that's kind of insulting. It's like you're telling me that as a film watcher, I'm not smart enough to pick up on the simplest of plot points, let alone the fact that I'm picking up on your feminist agendas and all these other huge philosophical questions that you're throwing at me, but I can't follow a plot. Like, come on, give me a fucking break. I can follow a fucking plot. That's my only gripe. And it only happens a few times, but it's still, it's just like, come on. This, this movie was clearly not intended for the layback, turn your brain off action flick watching movie goer. This film was clearly made for somebody who wants to actually watch a film dissect it and enjoy it for what it is but i would highly recommend it its pacing is very different from most hollywood films these days it is a Mm -hmm. tad on the long side i think it's like two hours and 40 minutes so if you're not into that you know it might be a little bit of a struggle um it is not an action film do not let the previews fool you this is not an action film this is a detective story with a lot of thick plot points and cultural ideals. You know, it's very multi-layered. There's a lot going on. So to me, the two hours and 40 minutes, they flew by. It did not seem like a drag to me at all. Uh, but that's because there was so much going on for me, at least that I was engaged fully the entire time without having a stray thought. That was one, but I think they did a fit. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say I was wondering about that because it hasn't done very well in the theater. I wonder if it's one of those things where people just looked at, um, you know, the stars of the movie, like they see Harrison Ford and they, um, oh fuck, what's his name? Real fast. Um, oh god, Pretty Boy. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. They see them and they're like huge stars. Everybody loves Harrison Ford, but it's, you know, all the girls love Gosling. And they, like you said, it seems more action packed. And then maybe they, few people saw it and were just like, yeah, it's just this fucking story and there's really not a lot going on in it and it's three hours long. And I wonder what it was that kind of turned people off. I mean, plus, you know, when you got 30 fucking plus years in between <laughs> you know, sequels, maybe a lot of people just don't know what the hell Blade Runner was. It's just been too long. I don't, I don't know. Because it doesn't seem like it's really done great as far as the making money in the theater so far. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a lot to that. Um, I think some of it is that you know, if you look at critics' reviews, they're overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like user reviews, it's kind of a mixed bag, you know. Um, which I'm I'm not surprised at all. Uh, as far as the box office sales, I would say the bigger thing is probably it's it's a uh, time. You know, two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. That's a lot less show times that you can have for that movie than you can have for an hour and 30 minute movie. So that hurts it too. Well, um, I know the woman's wanting to see it. I'll probably have to go with her to see it. I've been putting, <laughs> I kind of put yeah. it off on her a little bit. I'll have to take her to see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, you know, if, if you get the opportunity before you go see that, watch the original Blade Runner. Uh, have you seen the original? 
Yeah, I mean, you asked me that, and I was like, man, I know I've seen, I don't know if I've seen the whole thing, but I remember seeing it. I just, I mean, I remember seeing it. I don't remember it, though. That was the thing, so I'd have to watch it again anyway. Um, I mean, I'm an old man. I remember when it came out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, And if you, yeah, and if you're looking to see the original and you are going through it, you'll realize that there are several different cuts um, there's like the original, there's an unrated, there's a director's cut, mm-hmm. and then there's a final cut. And you're wondering, well, which fucking version should I see? Final cut is what you want to see. I've seen all of them. I would say the final cut is what you want to see. Okay. Final cut came out in 2007. Ridley Scott, who directed the original, said, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to recut this movie. I'm going to put in the scenes that I want to put in. I'm going to make it more whole because you know just like any other studio they're gonna say you know you got to cut this you got to do this you got to shrink it down and all that stuff which is what he had to do in the original so he didn't get to put in some of the things that he wanted to put in that allude or at least uh talk about you know certain philosophical plot points and stuff like that but i think with this one like i said it's two hours and 40 minutes i think they got free reign to do what they wanted it doesn't really seem like they left out any idea. There aren't any spots where I'm like, well, they kind of left that open-ended besides for a couple of things, which aren't really like plot point related. They're just kind of interesting ideas to think about. Um, but yeah, and that Jared Leto has, uh, I, I don't know the actress's name, but he has a replicant. Uh, her name is uh, Love, I think, L-U-V. Um, I don't know who the actress is. She does fantastic. She does a really, really good job. Um, she was one of the highlights as far as I'm concerned. I just, I liked her in every single scene and just how she pulled off the dynamic of being a replicant and knowing what she knows and trying to kind of hold back her emotion because that's what her protocol tells her to do. So... But it's it definitely has its plot twists and its uh, turns, and you think one thing, and then all of a sudden it's another thing. So it's you know it's not definitely one of those that's like a meandering, like oh my god, you know you have to be a philosopher to understand it. You know there are some deeper things in there where they do take a lot of critical thinking, but then there's you know on the surface there is a just a generally a good plot. So highly recommend seeing it. It's, I've seen it twice now. You know, the first time I liked it, but the second time I fell in love. Um, I think they did a, a fantastic job. I was really, really worried about this. I thought, you know, just based off of the trailers and stuff like that, I was like, oh, shit, they turned this into an action film with all kinds of fucking shit. Ryan Gosling, Jared Leto. I was like, we're fucked. <laughs> but kudos to them they did a damn good job as far as i'm concerned go see it support that film so to tie that up if you're a fan of today's pop music you're probably not gonna like it <laughs> but it's not on a th- no probably not it's not on a third grade oh level. that's another thing the music the music was great it was like very kind of 80s synthy just like the original soundtrack um I don't know who uh, one of the people 
who one of the persons were that did the soundtrack, but Hans Zimmer, he did some of the soundtrack too. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he did the soundtrack for um, Interstellar. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was in like an 80s band um, that was actually kind of successful. The fuck were their names? I know they're German. <laughs> I know they're German. <laughs> it's like, well, that's going to roll out. And they're like two German bands. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, he's he's done a lot of like, composing work i think he's done like parts of the caribbean oh yeah he was the guitar player uh, for rammstein i think <laughs> no interstellar like i said he did dunkirk inception yeah the dark knight trilogy uh fuck man what band was that you fucking google that shit that's what that's what leave that for the people to find out now you've got it in their head now they're like now nah, man i want to know what band I guess you guys need a Google. I want to say the Bungles. The Bungles. Yeah. I don't know, man. I want to say the Bungles. I don't know, man. They were like a synth pop. They were a synth pop band. Gay. Back in like the early '80s. <sighs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But anyway, <laughs> long story short, see the fucking film. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking see it. I'll fucking go see it. Maybe I'll take the woman to see it next weekend or one night this week or something. We'll sneak out and I'll take her to see it. And then I'll shit all over it next week yeah. <laughs> just to make you crazy. Has she seen the original? <sighs> I have to... I, I assume she has. I thought... I mean, because I said something to her about that. I was like, do you even know anything about this? She goes, yes. I assume she does. I'll ask her because I'll probably have to see if I can pull it up so we can watch it. Or at least I can watch it again because... I guess I know I yeah, it's no, not your so. typical Hollywood blockbuster. It is not your typical Hollywood blockbuster. And that's what I love about it, is that they got the huge budget, like a Hollywood blockbuster, but they did not make a Hollywood blockbuster movie. I bet that motherfucker's not on Netflix, is it? Blade Runner? No, I don't think God it is. damn it. I'm going to have to actually do some... You can probably rent it off of Amazon for like three bucks. Yeah. That's true. Or Voodoo or something like that. I got some of those things. Yeah. Whatever I got an app for on my fucking Hell, TV. who knows? It might be on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I probably can find it on there. Watch it for free. Thing's so fucking old, man. There's probably not even copyright laws on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, don't do that. Don't fucking go out there and try and... <laughs> I mean, do it. Just We didn't tell you. No, no, no. Support it. Support the yeah, film. Support the film. Yeah. These are worthy of your money. Now, if it's top 40 music, yeah. go fucking download that shit for free. Those fuckers don't need your money. Don't support that shit. <laughs> <laughs> support uh, support Blade Runner. Hey, man, sounds good. Got got anything else? Nah, f- I'm done. I've had enough. We've given Alrighty, folks. too much entertainment. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, of course they did. Uh, check out our Canadian brethren at Podblocked. Ew. And 742 Evergreen Terrace. That. Uh, I don't think Brad does any more shows. Nah, he told me that he, don't be surprised uh, because him and Andy were thinking about maybe doing the show again, but they just need to take a break too. Oh, shit. But you got to remember Brad was putting yeah. his album together and all that shit, so 
now that he's finished up with that and all that mumbo jumbo, I, him and Andy might yep. start getting back Plus into. Plus, he's trying to get all chummy with the new woman and stuff. Yep, and and yeah, another uh, another trying to put in that time. fucking ball and chain to drag him down. So he's having his release party this Saturday or Friday. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh shit! I have to look it up. So um, I'll probably go hang out him and uh, him and Bogsy baby and. Gonna, I guess they're gonna do some acoustic stuff. So I'll probably go check that shit out. Maybe I'll get some audio or something so we can play it and laugh at it. <laughs> so, again, oh yeah, I'll give a shout out to Bradley. So if anybody want to check it out, what is on Spotify? Just uh, look at Brad Wiley. Uh, I think he's got at least one track on there called Evelyn, and the album is called Phoenix. And uh, so look for that. Try and check it out. Phoenix, and then I don't know if it's—I don't think it's on iTunes yet, because um, he's doing his little release this weekend. So, tch, fucking release party. He's so crazy. So anyway, so whenever that's up, we'll get let you guys know. Because for the fucking five people listen to us, they probably left comments on our shit, which we don't have enough. We've only got like 25, 30 ratings comments not enough people you guys are failing us miserably but for the ones who are gung-ho and did give us some uh, as soon as he gets that up on itunes i want nothing but one stars and just comments just shitting all over every fucking track on his album we gotta mobilize <laughs> god damn it god damn it <laughs> fucking asshole anyway well shout outs are done what show's done we love you guys at least some of you some more than All right, others. folks. Try not, try not to get raped by a Hollywood movie. Yes, <laughs> try not to get raped by a Hollywood movie. Peace out.